You asked me uh, when you walked into the door here uh, at the uh, Black Sheep Radio Studios, uh, otherwise known as my dining room, uh, <laughs> do you know what cameo is? And I said, well, a cameo is a, a, like an appearance in a film by a famous actor. Yeah. And cameo also sang the song Word Up uh, in the mid 80s. Word up. Isn't that the, I think, I think there's what, 15 years between you and I. Sure. But like, I think my exposure to the word up song is the cover that Corn did. Mama, come on, tell me, baby, what's the word, a word up. That's the one. Corn covered that? Yeah. Oh yeah. I think they did. I don't know. It sounds like the BV, it it sounds, sounds I always confuse it with the B-52s anyways. Okay. Um, What? Yeah. Anyways. (laughs) So have you, so you've never heard of Cameo. You know the word, but you never heard of Cameo. But so, so let me break it. Okay. I'll break it down for you a little bit. By the way, I'm Ben McVie. I'm Chris Brown. And you're telling me about Cameo for the first time. And you sent me a message saying, dude, you could, I, I can't wait to show this to you. Yeah. So I've purposely stayed away from it. We're also, we're also using a little bit of, I try to want to get a little audio clips, alternative audio clips into the thing. We, we, we have the capability to do that with this, this gear that I have. So let's maybe have a little bit of fun with that. All right. Um, old school radio style with a little zips and zaps and some clips in there. But anyway, yeah, back, back, back to the cameo thing. So cameo essentially is a way for you to pay a, a certain amount of money to get a celebrity or uh, a recognizable person to record a personalized video for you. So you pay $50, you get Norm Macdonald to say happy birthday to your aunt, whatever you want to do. Okay. So there's, there's, it's like a marketplace of celebrities that sell these little endorsements, right? Am I allowed to ask questions on the way or do you want to just? No, of course. Yeah. Okay. Of course. First question. Mm -hmm. What level celebrity? Any level of Tom Fucking Cruz is not sending me a cameo. Uh, no, no. Um, I don't know that he's on there, but you'd be surprised. Like, you, you could get... Are there some big names on there? I mean, Norm, Norm McDonald's not a small name, no. but he's not a big name. No, there's big names. I mean, you can get, like, the Kardashians, and you're spending, like, fuck. thousands of dollars, and, you know, there's there's everybody's on it. Okay. Um, so, what this one is... Have you ever, I, I don't know if you've ever, if you've ever heard of the band Sugar Ray. Have you ever heard of the band Sugar Ray? Mark McGrath. Mark McGrath. So, so Mark yeah. McGrath is on Cameo. Oh Christ. And, okay. So and, this answers my question. And, what level celebrity are we In talking? this particular okay. one. All right. So what I'm going to do is I'm, I'm about to press play in this video. Hopefully it comes through the speakers here. So to set this up before we actually press play on this yeah. thing, this video This woman named Cheyenne, I believe her name is, paid Mark McGrath to send a message to her boyfriend, and I think his name is Brayden or something, or Brandon maybe. Okay, all right. Brayden, it is Mark McGrath from the band Sugar Ray, off the charts, but always in your hearts. And this cameo was booked by Cheyenne and she wants you to know a few things. And this is a little difficult for me to say because it's the first one of these I've done, but she wants you to know that you mean a lot to her. You mean the world to her, but she's having difficulty staying in this long distance relationship. Uh You know, it's tough. (laughs) I've been on the road for years and I've been with my wife a long time and the biggest <laughs> Can you imagine? Pause it, pause it, pause it, pause it. Wait, 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 wait. Whoever this dude is, if Mark McGrath of Sugar Ray, who, by the way, long, 
1991 is on the phone, dude. They want their hair back. <laughs> he looks identical to what you would imagine uh, well, Sugar Ray yeah. would look oh, like. Well, sure. It, it kind of looks like um, a used tea bag with the same hair it had 15 <laughs> years ago. But, uh, Mark, Mark, okay. So so are you are you kind of picking up on the breadcrumbs that, that Sir Mark McGrath <laughs> oh is laying down? Oh, my Christ. What's killing me about the video so far is watching how many cars at the drive-thru are whizzing by <laughs> because he's not serving them. But what else? you got there that's arguments the biggest you know obstacles in our relationships is the distance between us it makes it so he's relating to sure you know Um, and it's hard so cheyenne is trying to let you know brayden that it's very very tough for her to stay in this relationship she still cares about you a lot you never know what the future may hold and she still wants to be friends with you because obviously she cares about you very very much and she wants you to know good luck on your theme no oh, wait sorry this is the best part this is coming up probably not the best timing cheyenne <laughs> but i understand you know you got to work on your thesis and life goes on and um thesis. You know, i'm sure there's big things ahead of you in the future Braden. but cheyenne cares about you enough to let you know that she's thinking about you but the long distance thing is just a little difficult for her and she wants you to stay positive. She wants you to. All be- right, fuck. That's enough. She, she wants so much enough. for you that He's- she hired me, Mark McGrath, lead singer of Sugar Ray, to tell you that you're out. Well, I mean, to be fair, she did spend at fair. least forty dollars to get Mark McGrath to do that. <laughs> Jesus, could you could you imagine? Like that's got to be the one of the worst breakups in in the history. Not only to get broken up with, not like like there's there's getting broken up with via text. There's getting broken up with just by ghosting. I would prefer to be ghosted than to have to wake up in the morning to an Im- miss message from Mark fucking McGrath. Buddy, there are so many things at play here. First of all, when I heard the name Cheyenne, I'm like long distance. She's on tour as a stripper. <laughs> she's going for her what? Her doctorate? No, he's go. He, so oh, he's he going is. to his thesis and oh, she's he's going to his thesis she she cares oh, and loves about him so god. much so thank that god yeah because i mean jesus if you're gonna name your daughter cheyenne you know <laughs> damn well she's gonna be wrapping herself around a brass ball one day sorry anybody who has cheyenne as a daughter or any cheyennes who are listening but it's a stripper name <laughs> honestly Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie and Chris Brown. Join the conversation at BSR Podcast on Facebook and at Radio underscore Sheep on Instagram and Twitter. Okay, so uh, Cheyenne was my first point. Secondly, hmm. uh, when I asked you what level, cele- you you sold a false bill of goods. Sure. You did. I said, what level yeah. celebrities are we talking about? And you said there's some big names on here. There certainly are and some. And you started with Norm Macdonald, who, uh, mid-level name? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe I'm biased because I'm a big Norm fan, but yeah. Yeah. Well, exactly. Yeah. But Mark McGrath. Yeah. Yeah. He wouldn't even, they wouldn't, They like, he started this. I can't confirm this, but I've heard through some of my sources that he, he actually started doing cameo after they denied him um, a, a spot on Celebrity Boxing. Oh, I thought you were going to say parole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Actually, that looked like he was in prison. He was filming that Yeah, film, that's so, a good looking so apartment you got there. Yeah. That, uh, okay. I just, wanted, um, I just wanted to show you that. I wanted, to, I wanted to see. There's so much wrong with the world right now. Isn't that crazy? There really is. Uh, you, you can hire a guy who's obviously, 
I mean, the tail end of his career is mm. 40 light years behind him. Mm-hmm. And for $40 it costs? No, to, no, to it's do probably closer to like 200 but it's like, way, it's much more reasonable than you would imagine. Right. Like much more accessible than you'd imagine. Oh, that Some of the paid half are... his rent. If it was 200 bucks, <laughs> half his rent is covered based on what we see in the background there. So good. Dude, that was something else. Yeah, it's a special place the internet is. But you know what? And I, I mean, maybe this is a topic for a, a, a later episode of Black Sheep Radio. But uh, guilty pleasures. Because mm. after you leave, after we're done doing this... You know where I'm going. For sure. Just going straight to the couch behind us here, and I'm going to be watching Cameo videos. There's some good ones, man. Just, and, and I want to know, I, I do need to know, does Cameo, singer of Word Up, appear <laughs> on Cameo? I'm pretty sure I saw him doing dishes over Mark McGrath's shoulder in that video. <laughs> they share a flat. They they share a, a, a bunkhouse. <laughs> they share a flat. That was that was something that was special, else. Eh? That's something else. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad. I'm glad Thank I was able. To, I'm glad I was able to show that. I mean, you know, my my life isn't exactly going on at the, <laughs> uh, the speed of of sound right now, but it's going better than that. Mm. Wow! You're not getting paid to break up with people. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, Start, I, I'm one of my. I, okay, not to keep beating this up, but uh-huh. my fa- <laughs> my favorite part about the video is how. It's clearly like a very emotional, like, like piece that he's doing. Like, this is a very important, I mean, obviously it's a little goofy, but he, he, it's, it's a, it's, it's a very, like, it's a pivot point for these two people's lives and he's getting paid to deliver a message that's, that's such a powerful message. And he starts the video by saying, it's Mark McGrath number one in your heart or something. He's all happy and shit. He just just misses the tone entirely until he starts. It's like almost he didn't read ahead to what the request was. Right. And then he's really like, oh, no. Oh. I got to... I got to lay down the, the bad, the bad shit, news. Is there like a follow-up one where he has so to tell somebody they got the HIV? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I think that's... Uh, no. Um, the reason I was coughing... It's <laughs> uh, a question. Yeah, we did. Um, once again, last week we posted this, so it's, it, it might be seem a little bit removed. But last week we did a this or that question. Everyone seems to really like those, and I really appreciate everybody participating. Yeah, in thanks. Um, and we we did one, and and the question was: You wake up in the morning sick on a work day. Do you call in sick and to get take the rest day, or do you tough it out? Um, and I'm kind of curious, well, I, I mean, just going through kind of what we found on the Facebook page, it was a pretty even, hmm. it was a pretty even thing. 42% of people said that they would call in sick, whereas 58% people would say tough it out. Um, which is, I guess a little bit tighter than I thought it was going to be. I figure most people tough it out. Really? And yeah, I don't. There's um, a growing trend of calling sick. I can tell you that. Maybe it's because, I mean, you're still in radio. I used to be. And it's a very germy business. Mm. I mean, you know, everybody's fingers are on everything. And we're talking into microphones Mm -hmm. where the next person up after you is talking into the same microphone. So if you're (coughs) coughing cooties all over the damn thing, chances are the person after you is going to have the same cooties. Yeah. Did you, like, were you prone to call in sick if you were sick? Okay. I'm going to be absolutely upfront with you. I am more prone to call in sick when I'm not sick than when I am. That's so funny. 
I'm, I'm not lying. Yeah, no, I appreciate the Every honesty. once in a while. I mean, I have looked, I've always looked, um, this can go in a million and one different directions. I've always looked at sick days as something that, fuck, I'm entitled to those. I mm-hmm. get 10, 15 a year, however many you may get, 5, 10, 15, whatever. And, and, and I've always been, no, uh, I've always been, if you're sick, you tough it out. Unless I am absolutely fevering, pooping my pants, coughing up my liver. I'm going to work. Got to get a job done, right? Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, it's my duty. I don't know if it's because of my age and because I'm a guy or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, it, it just, no, you go to work. And that's that's that. There's no arguing that. You go to work. But then, you know, within the past few years, I started realizing, no, if you go to work, you're making other people sick. And you're kind of fucking up the workplace and you're kind of messing up their lives, too, because that person is not only showing up for work sick the next day. They're going home and they're giving it to their spouse or their kids or their mom or whoever. Yeah, I I one of my biggest pet peeves is when people come into work sick. Like I fucking it drives me crazy. Yeah. It drives me crazy because like I share an office with people and like. I used to get in a lot of shit for it. What? For coming in sick. For coming in sick. Yeah. What are I, you doing here? Go home. I, I, I'm the same way. Like I'll, I have no shame in calling in sick. I get these sick days. The way I see it, honestly, is I'm doing everybody a favor. Right. I can do a lot of my job just from home anyways. So, so I could check in if I need to. Um, and also like, like for one, if you get me sick, like if, uh, this is what I always tell people. It's like, and, and I do honestly have this conversation with people. Somebody will come in sick and they'll be like, oh, it's not that bad. They're just slobbering all over themselves. See, okay. They're a goddamn mess. So here's where I draw the yeah. line is, is I've, I've gone into, again, in radio or wherever, I've gone into work sick. And I've worked in food service. I, I've been in some of the most cootiestest businesses in the world. But if you're going to go in sick, Take precautions, mm-hmm. bring the Lysol wipes, yeah. wash your hands every 10 friggin' minutes, and make sure you're not coughing on surfaces into your sleeve the whole bit. Take precautions. If you're going, because I do think that there is there's a certain threshold where, yeah, I've got the sniffles and obviously I have a cold. I feel a little under the weather, right? But do I need to miss a day of work, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And- to me, sometimes the answer is no. I, I really don't feel that sick that I need to call in sick. Maybe that's a problem in my head. No. Because like I said, I have less of a problem calling in sick on a day where it's, <laughs> no, I feel like a million bucks. I just don't feel like going in. I don't I, have I don't, a problem with that at all. And I don't have a problem with that either. I really, I really don't. I, I don't understand this whole obsession with like having to be this tough person and, and sacrifice your whole life for this job. It's like, fuck that. Honestly, like for me, it's like, I've, I've, if I wait, like, I don't know, like I, I have, I have bouts with like anxiety and depression sometimes mm-hmm. I'll wake up in the morning and I'm just not about it. And mm-hmm. I don't, and then the, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll take the day off. I haven't done that in a while. Well, honestly, here's the ever evolving definition of sick too. Yeah. Yeah, right? exactly. But if you do suffer uh, anxiety or depression, that's a sick day. Yeah. Just I, like a cold. I don't see anything wrong with it. But like for me, like what going back to what I was saying before, like if somebody comes in and they show up and they're all slobbing over themselves, I've done this. I do this all the time. It's my default reaction. I'll tell them if I get sick from this, 
I'm taking every day off that I need and that's on you. And I don't have, I, my hands are clean on this. So it's like, you know what? Like me not being into work. My hands are clean. I hope yours are. Yeah. Like my, 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 whatever my obligations are, um, that I'm going to miss Mm -hmm. because you got me sick because I I think it's selfish, honestly, that people come in sick. They want to come up pretending to be a hero. It doesn't come off like that at all. Um, and they end up strike. You end up being sick for Chris, longer. I'm going to be honest with you. Until very recently, I just, I didn't see it that way. I do now. Yeah, don't, fair you enough. don't have to be a hero. Stay home. If point? you're not feeling well, stay home. Nobody gives a shit. How many times have you been at work and they're like, oh, um, uh, such and such a uh, accountant is sick today, so you won't be able to get into contact with them. Is your automatic re- maybe your reaction is oh yeah they're probably lying, but then you just go on about your day and you never you never you think, think about, about it, again. it again. Your life moves. I mean, on. if you have somebody who's calling in sick every other week, sure, then sure that yeah. starts to enter your head. Yeah, but if it's a rare sick day that pops up, then crazy oh, shit must be sick. Yeah, that's that's honestly one of my biggest pet peeves is people that show up to to work sick. It drives me nuts. Yeah, like I there's there's somebody that I used to work with that would come into work sick. All the time, and I then used to do and then her, the and then her sickness would drag out for like a month. Right, like you'd get a cough and a sneeze because you don't take the time to rest and recover. It's and like don't come in, don't yeah. come in sick and play the sympathy card. Yeah, ever like that is a no no for for those of worst. for those of you, it's those gross. of us. Because I'm just I am now crossing the threshold into the now stay home. I always used to be a no go to work. Sure, but. You would never hear me go. Yeah, fuck that. It's not a good. It's do that. It's disgusting. Honestly, it makes me. It it grosses me out. It's like I know I don't want to see your slobbery ass. I don't care how much of a hero you think you are. But anyways, a lot of people are different. A lot of people disagree with me. I guess, but yeah. Stay home, please. Stay home. I really don't feel like going into the men's room and seeing the Mexican crime scene you just left behind. You know what I'm saying? Oh, there's nothing worse, especially if somebody has a flu and then you get like a stomach bug and it fucks oh, up your. You know, ugh, yeah, this time no, of year stay too. Home. Don't give me that. Yes, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Although I will, uh, before we before we round this out, sure, I will ask one more question. How many sick days do you get a year? I don't know. Um, I don't know that I've Ten, ever even had probably? a conversation like that. I yeah, that seems high. Okay. I don't take that many sick days. So I used to get ten. Uh, that's great. Yeah, or even five. Yeah, but I would take. I don't know, two, yeah. three, maybe. Yeah. And I'll be honest, half of those wasn't sick. Yeah. Right? Yeah. But I do think that employers should, cr- maybe maybe this is dangerous, but I think that employers should credit people at the end of the year. This used to be my big sticking point is I'm not coming in sick because there's some other motherfucker in the building who has been calling in sick and I know damn well they're not. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And they would use up every sick day and I'd get to the end of the year and think you get 10 sick. You just got yourself two weeks vacation paid vacation. So if you're getting three, you're now up to five. And I would, on principle, refuse to use those sick days and think to myself at the end of the year, I get 10, I use three, I should get paid for seven. Or I should get a bonus based on those seven days that I didn't waste your time, that I did show up for work, 
Yeah. Where other people have faked their way out of it. I should be paid for that. It's tricky because in your case, totally you're right. But like it also incentivizes people to come into work sick because they just rather get paid. I know. You know what I mean? It's a dangerous so it's, it's, thing, it's right? Tough. Yeah. I don't know how many dick, how many, how many sick days I get. I've, I've definitely heard of industries though. Uh, a couple of friends of mine that work their union and they encourage you to take your sick days, even if you're not sick at all. Right. So it's like, they're like, no, you have to take your sick days because we're not paying you. Like they have to pay. There are places that pay out their sick days. Sure. And they're like, no, you have to take them. So yeah. 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 I wish I worked at one of those places, but I don't have, I really don't care if I no. call it sick. I don't, I don't feel guilty at all. I, do I mean, I, I don't more. Yeah. If I'm really, don't and I'm me, legitimately not feeling well, yeah. I'm not feeling well. Yeah. We're all loud. No, no, exactly. You know what I mean? What is, like, what is this? Like everyone thinks they're, they're like, everyone's woken up in the middle of the night and ran to the bathroom because they almost shit their pants. Right. Every, like literally everybody in the world. Like what, like if you, even still, there's even a large percentage of people that wake up in the, wake up in the middle of the night and literally shit their bed. <laughs> I feel like even if you wake up feeling fine after you do that, you should take a sick day and just, you know, collect your thoughts. And as it turns out, you were on a floating mattress in the middle of Shadok <laughs> Creek. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How's that for a segue? That was, that was powerful. Thank you. Um, so item number one on the weekly three. Here we go. It's Black Sheep Radio, by the way. He's Chris Brown. This is Ben McVie. And um, yeah, th- this, what what a mess. It's crazy. Mm. So like, it's it's almost, it's almost so, so egregious that you can't even believe it. It's, you know, it's like Mr. Burns level fucked up. Um, this is, this is from the cbc.ca. Uh a bypass gate in one of the city's combined sewer overflow tanks had been left open without notification since January of 2014, allowing January of 2014, January of 2014, six calendar years ago, allowing 24 billion liters of stormwater and untreated waste. One more time. That's 24 billion liters of stormwater and untreated waste to leak into Chidoke Creek. Mm Mm-hmm. Until it was discovered and stopped. What do you think? So, so what do you, how, how long do you think it took them to, to stop this? I mean, you already know, but whatever. Well, okay. But <laughs> okay. But it, what do you mean? It was discovered, discovered by whom? Because mm. if we know it's been open since 2014, it was discovered in 2014. This is this, right. Yeah. Am I right? Sure. I mean, if everybody were to look, and that's go, a really fuck. I don't know how long that thing's been doing that. That's they've a, got it pinpointed down to 2014 January. That's a that's a very that's a very that's when it was discovered. Point. That's when it was discovered. That's a very good point. I'm just saying. So, so they ended up, they said they discovered and stopped it in July of 2018. Okay. So this was news, I believe last week and, and, and it's still kind of carried over because Fred Eisenberger, um, but, but it goes on further. It was stopped in July of 2018. Yeah. We're finding out about it now. We're in finding November out about of now. 2019. Which, which, it would, you know, what's frustrating about this is that so many people now, and and not this isn't to, to kind of, um, set aside the point that you're making because it's a very valid point and it's a very interesting question. But I feel like right now the narrative is more about how long it took for people to tell us, which is bad in and of its own in and of its own right. And the justification that's being used, because what I keep hearing is, well, based on our legal advice, we decided not to say anything. 
I just don't understand how you as a public servant are allowed to err on the side of your legal advisor as opposed to serving the public. I feel like that's a conflict of interest that, that completely oversteps it's your, more than a conflict of interest. It's yeah. a crime. It should. Well, I mean, it's a, it should be it, a crime. Everybody involved who is aware, everybody, Hamilton City Council, everybody involved around the council, every anyone who was aware of this as of July 2018. First of all, shame on you. You've been leaking shit into a tributary, into a major body of water for four and a half years. And now here we are almost a year and a half later, still leaking shit or shit's been leaked and you've not said anything based on legal advice. Yeah. Are you kidding me? And and, and the, uh, the reason why the story even came out because the Hamilton Spectator broke the story, right? So if you look at the chronological, the, the, the chronology of the entire situation, the city of Hamilton released a press release maybe 30 minutes before the Hamilton Spectator actually released the story, meaning Hamilton Spectator, early, something like that. Six years late. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I mean, the the Hamilton Spectator, I think that, that that's kind of like they reached out to them. They told them, we got this story. You should probably say something before we do. They did so, but their their hand was forced. They didn't, They were, this wasn't a, this wasn't a, oh, okay, it's now time to finally unearth this to the public. Our bad. It's, we have no choice now because this story is getting out whether we like it or not. Kind of like the 24 billion liters of shit that got out. When asked about why he took so long before speaking out about the issue, our mayor, Fred Eisenberger, whom I know personally and I like as a person, mm. said, quote, I'm very comfortable with the way I'm handling this. And if it's not fast enough for some people, that's unfortunate. That's a really, really bad soundbite. That's, that's horrible. That's, a, that's as bad as it gets like that. That will probably lose him his next election. I that, that sure hope so. Specifically, it's so smug and like, Ugh. oh, well, we're doing the best we can. It's like, no, nah, sorry, bud. That's not good enough. Like you're I don't think he you know, I, I I hope that this this controversy that that there's actually not controversy, this this fucking cat catastrophic tragedy, environmental catastrophe. I, I hope that there's actual um Do you remember the justice. coffee? Do you remember the coffee you were drinking? You had that cold coffee six years ago. <laughs> you remember that? Mm. Yeah. Remember we were sitting in the truck, we were just about to go start our shift and you had to step out and uh, take care of business, whatever <laughs> it was you had to do. Well, while you were out, I took my nutsack out and I dipped it in your coffee and put the lid back on and you drank the whole thing. <laughs> But I'm very comfortable with the way I'm handling this right now. If it wasn't quickly enough that I let you know, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. It's revolting. Mm. And everybody involved in this should lose their jobs. Everybody. Yeah. Everybody involved. We're not just talking about, let's get beyond the whole concept of the water that we've been drinking. Let's get beyond that. Let's get beyond that. Let's get to the fact. And I just mentioned this moments ago. It was discovered in 2018. No, it wasn't. It was discovered in 2014. And Somebody's been able to pinpoint a date when this leak started. January 2014. It's, Somebody should have had the balls to say something then. 
and say, we've got a problem here. This is like deep water horizon Gulf of Mexico shit happening where it's still leaking and someone says, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm very comfortable with the fact that I'm telling you now. If you're not, uh, that's unfortunate. This is this is and again, like I, I think you made a very, very solid. You've asked a very important question that it seems like a lot of the news coverage hasn't been asking, and that's so. So from from the coverage, of the, some of the research that I've been looking at the, the last couple of days, and, and that you've been reaching out, it says they haven't been able to determine why this happened, despite extensive investigation. It doesn't matter so, why. No, but I mean, but hold on. What I'm saying is, it it does. They haven't determined why this has happened, but they have determined that it started in 2014 somehow. Precisely. That doesn't that doesn't add up? No. There's no way. There's there's. If any, oh, why it ha- well, no, because uh, maybe if you, it does add up. Maybe you, we don't know why it happened. The fact of the matter is, it happened in Ju- in January of 2014. Yeah, poo started leaking into our our drinking it's crazy, supply. Dude. I don't even know what. Like, I don't even know where you go from there. Like, what do you? Uh, you don't. Where are my taxes? Where are my tax dollars going? How do you show up with a clear conscience to work as a public servant? In any level of this, from the person who knew that the gate was open in 2014, somebody know how how do we know this? They also never told. How do we know that it was slightly open in 2014? How do we know this? They also never told the province about it, right? No. So the province had just started finding out about this, like maybe a little bit ago. I think is is what what I was researching. And that's the provincial government again. He's calling it. He's like, oh, well, I know a lot of people are calling it a cover up, but it really wasn't. It's like, oh, I guess I'll take your fucking word for it. The the only cover up that should have happened was the fucking hole that was leaking poo into the water. Well, needless to say, this thing is going to be. This this story isn't going anywhere. Everyone involved in this should, at the very least, lose their job. And everyone involved in this who, despite the fact that they knew about it, said nothing, should face criminal charges. You are endangering a lot of things. You're endangering my life, endangering Chris's, my kids. You're endangering wildlife. You're endangering the... this. This is with reckless abandon based on our legal advice is is the justification. According to what I've read so far, if I'm missing something and you're listening to this, please tell me what I'm missing. Mm. But when you know about something, erase January 2014. Take that out of the equation. July 2018, we're made aware of it. Er, Sorry, the powers that be are made aware of it. And you wait until November of 2019 when the local newspaper says, ah, problem. Ask yourself this question. Had the newspaper not said something, had the spec not said something, we'd probably still be blissfully ignorant. Yeah. And chances are it's uh, it's it's also important to uh, establish that um, Fred Eisenberger ran an entire re-election campaign knowing full well that this was going on, right? 
So there's no mention of that. He ran an entire election campaign bastardizing whoever that fucking guy was that was running against him. Granted, that guy was a lunatic. Um, Let's be sure about that. But again, well, he was he was he was he was a. Um, he, he, he was a, a closed borders kind of, he works within the inner machinations of the city. I'm confident in believing that. Yes. A, a lot of the people on the current and the previous council were aware of what was going on and said nothing and shame on you. Shame on you. Well, yeah, like that. I mean, I mean, it's it, it's cr- it's just it's crazy to me. Like, I I, I think it, it no like running an election campaign under the guise of growing the city and 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 and, and bringing bringing in, uh, increased services, mm. betterment of services, while knowing full well that you're secretly staying mom on, on one of the biggest environmental catastrophes that this city has ever seen since probably the days of, of hmm. some of the, some of the, some of the steel town pollution back in the day. Like, I, I just don't know how you, okay, I just don't well, know how you, how you rectify, how, how you can compartmentalize those, those two. I'm going to bring, I'm going to make this city better. Well, but except I'm, I'm not going to talk about poisoning this, the environment. Let me back this up for a second though. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say, I, I want to sort of somewhat amend um, lower level people involved in this who were told to shut up. Yeah. They have families to feed. They have careers. They have jobs to hang on to. I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm, ju- I'm just throwing this out there because one of us has to, both of us feel very passionately on one side of this. Yeah. So I do, I do want to sort of throw myself in the other person's shoes and say that, a lot of people may have known about this. The person in 2014 who knew about this and hasn't said a word about it and so on and so forth. It's your job. It's your career. It's how you feed your family. Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe there's a little bit of compassion and understanding despite the fact that what was done from A to B has been completely wrong. There is something to be said for that. I uh, So I'm going to amend my answer to the top level bureaucrats, the elected officials who were put in positions, lucrative positions to 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 fix this problem or to at least address it or to at least to say, hey, Hamilton, you're drinking shit water. Those people should face criminal charges and lose their jobs. Yeah, I, I just like I definitely understand like the I, I can I can can be compassionate about the the uh, oh we're we're just working a job and and I'm trying to feed my family like Think I can definitely that. understand that well, yeah. but in the same vein you, I, again like this is very broad strokes vague we don't know is, what level yeah. these people are saying what what these people knew how much they knew how much right. say they had in making right. any action so we're, we're speculating here but all i can say to that is um they failed at their job and they realistically should be ashamed of themselves for allowing um Having having very little integrity in in and 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 um, the top be, decision dis- makers lack integrity. 
Yeah. Well, no, whoever I honestly, I, th- I think whoever knew and, and said nothing lacks integrity. I, and I will go as far as saying something yeah. like that. I, I will. I mean, I have no problem saying that. And okay. I mean, I, 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 you, you accept a certain amount of responsibility for protecting the environment when you take on a role as this. And, and, and there has to be, sometimes you, you sometimes you have to take a stand and do something about it. And the fact take that- Take a stand no, or maybe seek the proper channels to make sure that sure. those who should be held accountable are held accountable. Sure. I, I think that if you didn't say anything and you knew something and, and I, I do genuinely believe that you should be ashamed of yourself. I really do. I think they... It's hard to disagree with that, Chris. It's it. It yeah, is what hard. it is. Fuck it's the hard. money. Fuck the job. I'm sure... Like, I mean, the stats haven't come out and it's probably really difficult to... Um, um, really difficult to determine what the the full impact of this catastrophe really is. But I, I'm sure people died. Like like wastewater into drinking water. Uh, the amount of bacteria... Raw sewage is going into drinking people water. People die from that. Yeah. Like that. There's no joke there. So congratulations. Like you, you, if, if this is the situation that you kept your union job and, and you can ri- retire with a pension, congratulations. Cause, All right. I'm going to give you, you that. Yeah. It's like yeah. S- congratulations because, you know, it's it's built on the backs of maybe a couple of people that passed away. So if, if that's what... Uh, that's, if it is what it is, then so be it, you know? It's Black Sheep Radio. I'm Ben McVie. I'm Chris Brown. Uh, the Weekly Three moves on. Speaking yes, of a does. shit water performance. Oh, man, there's so much. Okay, so this, we, there, we, there's so much happened in the world of sports that we, in, in order to not make this entire episode about sports, we're kind of just going to lump it all together yep. um, into one big turd, I suppose. On our last broadcast, <laughs> I did predict before the CFL playoffs started that Hamilton and Winnipeg would be in the Grey Cup final. Yeah. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I picked the wrong team, though. (laughs) It's, yeah, you know, it seems like the entire city picked the entire wrong team. I can't fault them for that, man. Like, I. If that game were played five times, Hamilton would win the other four. What happened? They did not show up. And they ran into a buzzsaw hot team. Uh, If you consider what Winnipeg did. So, Winnipeg lost their starting quarterback, like Hamilton. Started off the year incredibly hot, like Hamilton, then went into a bit of a funk. But on the last, their last game of the year, they brought in former Ticat Zach Caleros, who played a, played a, an admirable game and made the CFL highlight of the year on a pass to the end zone. And they beat the Calgary Stampeders, the, the defending Grey Cup champions. They beat them, right? Still finished third in the West. They went into the playoffs. And they Then they had to go to Calgary again, and they beat the Stampeders. And then they went to Saskatchewan, the West Division winners, and the team with the second best home record in the CFL, and beat them there. Wow. And then came into the Grey Cup, and just they owned it. They absolutely owned it. And they, the Ticats... Did not show up. Mm. If they'd have brought their, I would have loved to have seen if the Cats had brought their best game, because that was Winnipeg's best game. They played in every phase of the game. They played lights out football. They were fantastic. I mean, fantastic. But the Cats did not. Had they brought the Cats, had they brought their best game, and they had some games this year where you just sat back and went, holy Jesus, these guys are unbeatable. If, they, if, if those two teams could have met on those terms, it would have been a fun game to watch. Instead, we got a, 
it was a yawner. It was hmm. never close. I mean, from start to finish, that game was never close. Never. Yeah, no, it's like I, I didn't watch the entire game. I'm not a big CFL guy. I think people are pretty pretty aware of that. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty open about that. But I kept, um, well, I live in an apartment. I kept hearing screaming from through the walls because yeah. a couple of my neighbors are big Ticast fans. I kept going back and forth thinking that it was like a big score, but it's just, you know, and it just never, it seemed like they never kind of got their footing and it, they it never did carry that they way never, the whole way through. ever did through the whole game on defense, offense, special teams. They had nothing. They showed up with absolutely nothing. It was <coughs> except for, <coughs> excuse me, sorry. I've been drinking water out of Shadow Creek. <laughs> um, except for, I think it was week one, two, one, two, three. Week four, they played Montreal in Montreal, and they got their asses handed to them, and they looked terrible. This is the only game of the year of the regular season where they looked absolutely god-awful. Mm-hmm. And after that, they looked, if they didn't look great, they looked really good. Really good. This game, they looked awful. I just, I don't, I was watching that game going, who, who are these guys? They choked. Oh, they they beyond choked, big time choked. Yeah, no, they did, they did. They, <laughs> they just they played horrible. They didn't they didn't show up, and and you can I mean you know you go through all the sports cliches overconfident or, um, well, overconfident or lazy, uh, underestimated the opponent, uh, any one of those things. And I think it's all of those things. They just didn't show up. People around the city were pretty much counting it as a win. Yeah, and I think the team was too. I think they anointed themselves champions before the kickoff, Mm -hmm. ultimately, and they just assumed, yeah, we're just going to rough. They beat Winnipeg twice this year. Yeah. They played them twice, they beat them twice. I was going to ask that. I was wondering what the record was against Winnipeg. No, they owned them. They owned them. So crazy. They went into Winnipeg when Winnipeg was still competitive in the regular season and handed them them their asses. They killed them. But they did not show up in this game. And Winnipeg brought their A game. It meant more to them than it did to the Ticats. Which is crazy to me because Ticats haven't won in a while either. So it'll be... Uh, we're now owners of the longest CFL drought. No, they, it looks, sounds like they earned since it. Since 1999, the uh, Bombers hadn't won since 1990. Oh, so we are now the owners of the longest Grey Cup drought in the CFL. Does a, does a winless, a championshipless streak... Staying that much harder when it's such a small league. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, you're a Leafs fan. You tell me. But no, but it's just like <laughs> the league is so small. It does. That like, it does, like that's it the does abs- magnify things. Yeah. You've, like got, as an you've got nine teams. You've got nine teams. If you're the Bombers, it's been 29 years. There are nine teams. It's like, crazy. Come man. on. No, win, win one. But we're now in that position. Nine teams. Two decades, you can't win one. It's crazy. And for a lot of those two decades, let's face it, they've been a pile of shit. Mm -hmm. So, listen, great year. By far, the best team in the CFL this CFL season until the Grey Cup (laughs) were the Hamilton Tiger Cats. (laughs) They just forgot that when they showed up for the Grey Cup. um, It's amazing how that works, how great teams just fail to show up. In in, uh, in the the elevator in my building... Um, I bumped into a guy that's clear. He was wearing all his tie cats gears mm. the day of, and, he, and and it was it was after the game, and he said, "You know, I was waiting all season 
for the Thai cats to show up. And they finally did. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true Thai cat fan, right? That's how bitter we are. That's what he said. And perfect. how much shit we've eaten from this team yeah. for a long time. It's crazy. So, um, hope springs eternal. Next year, they're back. Yeah, we'll for see sure. What, see what happens. Um, so there's again, like I was saying, that there's other sports things that happen, and I don't know how want to. I don't know how deep you want to go into the, the the Toronto Maple Leafs, and it's been a while since we've been in I'll here. Go so. as deep as you want to, buddy. This is your team. You go ahead. Sure. So Babcock got fired. Mm-hmm. They hired a new coach. No, no experience. Keith, right? Keith. Yeah. He's yep. doing all these new things that is like I, I don't know if if you've probably haven't followed it, but like. He's revolutionizing the way that they're practicing now. They're mm-hmm. using two rinks and nine coaches on the ice and mm-hmm. redoing all these. He's, 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 the guy's been a huge success in the AHL with the Marlies, sure. right? And then we got this story of of Babcock and Marner. Marner, yep. Um, so I don't know if anybody heard this one. So essentially when Marner uh, was a rookie, so I think three years ago now, uh, Babcock asked him into his asked Marner in his office, and he told Marner, "He's like, all right, tell me who are the laziest players on this team." Marner said, "Me." So he said Marner named himself. He named Nazem Kadri, and he named Tyler Bozak. Fair enough. I didn't he, know a that. rookie answered the, the question. Yeah, three names he gave him. Yeah, okay. so fair, fair enough. He answered the question. Babcock then turns around and he goes to Bozak and and Kadri and tells them that Marner thinks that he's that they're lazy. So essentially like emotional psychological warfare on this this kid that's just trying to make it in his hometown team. From the sounds of it like it 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 really backfired on him at the time when it happened. Kadri's like told Babs like like what the fuck are you doing? Like why would you do something like that to this kid? Marner was like in tears. All of these players were just like it, it seemed like it really left a bad taste in their mouth. And then it leaked to the media and everyone's just like dancing on Babcock's grave. Mm. And it begs the question like how far is too far? You know, as a coach when you're trying to motivate That's people. That's too far. That's too far. That that is way too far. It seems like it's too far, you know? It's 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 I don't I just don't understand how you could respect whatever whatever industry you're in, um, how you could respect a leader that does stuff like that, you know? Like, you, you can't trust anything that that person's saying. Can I just saying. ask the question? Why was Mike Babcock so fucking celebrated in the first place? Yeah. The guy won a Stanley Cup. Yeah. And I think one, maybe two Olympic gold medals. Two. One, two. Two. Yeah. Huh. He won, so, so he won Scotty Stanley Bowman Cup. on line two. Yeah. I just, I never understood why Mike Babcock was, I mean, when he came available out of Detroit, uh, Toronto was paying him, what, $8 million a year? Yeah. I, $8 I, yeah. million a year. A couple million less than, than Matthews and Tavares. I think it, I think it actually might've been $5 million a year, but it was for eight years or something like that. Like it was like a long, It, it was long a ridiculously, yeah, it was yeah. a ridiculously lucrative contract for a coach. It's interesting though, because so he had, I, I think part of his, his, the mystique around Babcock was that, I mean, obviously he won the cup, but he had Lidstrom and He had a Datsuk. fantastic team in Detroit. Yeah, an insane team. Uh, but he managed and you to keep that. you won two Olympic gold medals with yeah. Crosby and, it, well, Christ, go down the list of Canadian players that you won with. He managed, Big deal. He managed to keep that playoff streak alive for quite a long time in Detroit, which, uh, which a lot of people were really uh No, the players did. 
Yeah, no, the players did. did for sure. And then when he came to Toronto, it was one bad season, and then the second season with the rookies, he brought well, them the to the first playoffs. Season they made it to the playoffs. No, second they, season. The first season he he dumped them and they oh, and they got right. the, yeah, the yeah, pick. Yeah. Right. Second season, like it was they just played like Washington in the first round went six games, right? Uh, yeah. And then yeah. Boston, 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 Boston. Exactly. So, so I think that <laughs> I think that Babcock is just a product of the Toronto media, and you know, just like Keith is now, like like Keith Sheldon Keith can walk on water right now. You know what I mean? Until he can't, and then and then he's going to be running out of town, just like all the rest yeah, of them. Yeah, but I, I don't think that this Keith guy is like Babcock. I no, he's Bab- definitely not. Babcock is a product of Babcock, and I I I. I I just, I, you know, kudos to the guy for being able to create that sort of hype about him. But really, what did he do in Toronto that's really so special? He, I, I will give him a certain measure of credit. I, I think he did. Like, you got to really take a look at what they were before Babcock came there. And, and it was it was a tragedy. Like, I was, I was reading an article today about... They were bad. Yeah, it was it's insane. I was reading an article today about, like, the all... Um, the the all decade teams like people were picking like the roster for the the the, the highest the best roster from from what two thousand to two thousand nine or no no sorry twenty eleven to twenty nineteen mm-hmm. or twenty ten to twenty nineteen is bad you know what I mean just going through all the shitty players that we had for like a full decade it, it's been it's been a bad stretch yeah, so they he, were terrible he restored respectability and he he had a really long leash because of it but it, it wore thin for sure. Um, and then the last thing on the list is this Bill Peters thing. I don't know how far you want to take that, but Bill Peters is the coach of the Calgary Flames. Was soon to be. Was. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, th- there's no way this guy survives this. No, he's not coaching. He's not on the bench tonight. But That's anyways, right. they're playing Buffalo, right? Yeah. Yeah. As as we record this, as we're recording this, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, Wednesday, yeah. uh, November twenty seventh. Anyways, he essentially got called out in the whole. Th- fever pitch of the Babcock stuff. Uh, he got called out by a former player, um, Aliu. Um, he's yep. a Nigerian import, yep. I think. Um, so black, like African American or whatever. And apparently this Bill Peters guy called him an N word or something, or used the N word a bunch of times around about the him. music he was playing um, in the dressing room. Yeah. And then, then stories started coming out about him being physically abusive to other players. Mm. And it's gotten real. And he's the current coach of the Flames, So that, there's all this shit going on in the NHL right now with coaches. It's crazy. It's like the Me Too movement has hit NHL coaches. It's wild. Yep. It's wild. And it's, I, yeah, <laughs> like it's I, it's funny that this, it's almost like the Don Cherry. Oh, is that what you're going to say? Yeah, it's yeah. like the sea change sort of moment that's going in hockey right now. That old school mentality is just like being I, wiped away. It's so wild how, like, how big of a shift it's 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 had you know mm. it's wild mm-hmm. and how fast <sighs> yeah no you're gonna uh, uh, you know others sp- uh, the nhl to me is is sort of behind i mean if you look at the nfl uh there are all these wonderkind young coaches there's still uh your old school or older coaches your bill belichick's your pete carroll's your andy reeds your mm. john harbaugh's who have been around and well tenured and been around for a long long time but there's this new young generation matt lafleur mac Nagy, uh sean mcveigh uh, sean mcdermott and buffalo younger coaches that are coming along that are just doing things completely different different that's all and uh, that's about to happen, I think, in the NHL. You're going to see a lot more young guys 
same age as some of their veteran players who are successful as coaches. It'd be it's it's it seems like things are shifting that way. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and I don't know if it's a good thing or not. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a. It sounds like it's a good thing. Um, I'm I'm not like a athlete or anything. It does beg the question though. I've always been curious. Like I do think guys like Babcock and Bill Peters and Belichick and stuff like they believe that like a certain measure of chaos within the dressing room makes for a more successful team. So it's like, I don't know if that's the case or not. It'll be interesting. I mean, Babcock. uh, It depends on the coach. Yeah. It depends on the coach. If you have chaos in your dressing room and you're Mike Babcock, why the fuck would you stir it up by asking a rookie who's lazy? (laughs) That's just an epic fail. So dumb. Yeah. So we item number three on the weekly three. Yep. Would you ever want to be a professional coach? <laughs> we're talking. We're talking about so. So item number three in the weekly three is second careers. Yes. Uh, like if you could choose something other than what you, other than what you're doing right now. Yeah. What would you do? It for me personally, it's it's I I originally I always wanted to be a teacher. Hmm? So that was You'd one of them. You'd be a great teacher, dude. Thanks, man. Yeah, you would. Uh, thanks. I just didn't, I, it didn't seem reasonable with all the schooling and the high competitive atmosphere. The And I hated university. Um, I hated it. Um, but yeah, it, then, and then it was, and then I, I started initially started thinking about that. And then I, I also really fancied myself like a, a, a musician when I was younger. Hmm. So yeah, like it, it's almost a tie between those two. I think I would probably prefer, ah, it's tough to say. See, I'm at this crossroads right now. I, yeah. have, to, I have to pick a new career. Mm-hmm. I'm done with radio. Radio's done with me. Mm-hmm. So I got to go into something new. Uh, I have always said long haul truck driver. That has always been my second career of choice. And I, <laughs> like you, I came out of high school with ridiculously high grades and I'm a smart guy and I could have gone to university and, and I could have been a lawyer or a teacher or a doctor or anything, but it was just of no interest to me. Sure. Um, you know, and we had a question about if you could do a, get a mulligan, do a do over, would you do it different? No, I wouldn't do it any differently. Back to the original question, second career. So I'm thinking, I'm thinking right now, um, I mean, I'm I'm thinking I got bills to pay, so I'm I'm looking for anything. Uh, but there's this enticing thing about driving a tow truck hmm. that I can't let go of. Interesting. I wonder how that works. Do you have to like buy a truck or something? No, no. You can work for a tow company, huh? And the pay is decent. It like it, it's actually pretty good. It's sort of a cutthroat a cutthroat business. I was talking to Amanda, my wife, about it tonight, though. She and and and. She she knows some friends of friends who do that, and she brought it up to me the first time. Is you know this isn't just the guy who's stuck in a ditch. You're going to be going to scenes where people are badly burned. Oh yeah, and you're going to be going to car wrecks and everything else. You're going to be able to handle that. And I really, my answer was I, uh, who could handle that? I mean, it's not. My answer was, it's not going to be so traumatic that I couldn't do it. Hmm. Uh, 
it's just something that I, I don't know. I, I have this sudden interest in being a tow truck driver. That's cool. I, no, it's not. It is. I think it well, is. Well, maybe it is. I, I, I don't know. You I know, just think, I, yeah, I think, I think. I had this long-standing career. Oh, man, you got the coolest job and, and, and everything else. And I just like to be a nondescript sitting in Tim Horton's parking lot waiting for that next call on the CB tow truck driver. <laughs> and there's probably tow truck drivers uh, who, who may listen to this and go, oh, fuck me. This guy's an idiot. <laughs> you don't want this job. But there's something, there's an allure to it for me right now. Right now, I got to be honest with you. I, I don't know what the hell I'm going to do next. Mm. If my answer, if you would have asked me before I got gassed out of radio, I would have said long haul truck driver. Hmm. And I had said that for years. Hmm. I would love to be a long haul truck driver. You just like driving? I love driving. And uh, to me, it's like, oh, I get the paid to see most of North America at the very least. Mm -hmm. And who knows where else? Yeah. Who knows where you might go with that? It's like being a chef. You could you could be a chef or a truck driver anywhere. Right. Mm -hmm. There's a chance for me to get paid and go see stuff. Hmm. I thought that of radio. I thought when I got into radio, I'm like, oh, man, I could work here and here and here and get jobs here and here. And then, of course, I got married and had kids and, mm. and wound up not moving more than 100 kilometers away from where I was born. But uh, it, it, this, I don't know. There, there, there's, yeah, long haul truck driver would be my thing. That's not going to happen now uh, because I do have a wife and kids and mm. everything. But I... Tow truck driver, yeah, for some reason is sticking out in my head. Also, I feel like long haul truck driver is like a really not a great industry to get into right now, just what? because like a lot of the automation that's coming down the pipe. It's like I, everything I've read say says that like mm. long haul truck drivers are going to be the first. Um, is gonna is gonna be the first like like wave of job losses of, of jo because well. of. Like all of these places are buying those Tesla self-driving trucks and it's, yeah, it's sure. going to be bad from what, what I've sure. heard, but who knows? I mean, you know, I, it, it never, it, you, you never know the way that stuff shakes out, but, uh, yeah. So teacher would be yours? Yeah. Teacher or rock star, one or the other. Teacher or rock star? Yeah. Long haul truck driver or chef? Like, I feel like a teacher, I just, it's funny because I, <laughs> knowing myself now, I know when I was younger, I really liked the idea of being a teacher because I just, I like learning and, 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 and that stuff. But like, I don't, I'm not the most outgoing person mm. in the world and I can't handle... <laughs> Like I can't really handle the world's being, uh, not most outgoing person is doing a podcast. I know. That's I a know. weird thing, man. Yeah. Well, even Howard Stern said he's not a very social person. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. A lot of radio people are like that, man. Yeah. It's strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I, I just like, I, for me, like I get exhausted if I'm at a party for more than an hour and a half, two hours, you know? Yeah. So like, it, it's funny. Like, I don't know why I would think that being a teacher would be something that I would enjoy in hindsight, but a rock star, I could like that. Like I've all, when I, when I was a kid, uh, in early twenties or whatever, I, I used to play bars and stuff with some friends and, uh, and then yeah, there's also that. the question of, of, okay, that's what you'd love to do, but what do you know you would do well mm. and succeed at? Yeah. So I'm thinking, you know, maybe like a, maybe I pursue my real estate license and mm. give that a shot. Mm -hmm. I tried selling cars. I don't give a shit about cars. So I didn't do well, but I love homes. Mm. I love houses. 
I, I you know, that's something I can talk about and, and, and relate to and get passionate about. So maybe, I don't know. I'm 48. I'm going to be 49 in four days. Wow. And I'm, I'm wondering what the hell am I going to do next? And it's frightening and exciting all at the same time. Yeah. Like, you know what? It's, it's, it's a, it's a small constellation, I think, mm -hmm. especially now as you're going through it. But I always find like those points are the most mean, like the points where you have no idea what you're going to mm. do and you're right in the middle of it are like the most like meaningful and important parts of your life. Like the most memorable parts of your life are those like specific moments that you can't really appreciate them until it's over. Before we get to, um, uh, to our, what we learned this week, uh, you just mentioned the word meaningful and mm. I would like to introduce something, uh, to you. Sure. Uh, that uh, maybe it, maybe it doesn't fly right now. Okay. But I think the show needs a meaningless moment or a meaningless question. And okay. I have one for you. <laughs> okay, great. All right. Great. Uh, it, one word. I just want well, I have to one word answer? Uh, no, no, no. No. Just your thoughts on one word. Okay. Toast. I love toast. Toast is the greatest. It's okay. the greatest. I I could I could eat toast. I, I can't tell you how much toast I've eaten over my lifetime. <laughs> I seriously can't tell you how much toast I've eaten. It's okay. it's Describe like my, to me the perfect slice of toast. Um, what kind of bread are we talking? Oh. I mean, a lot of thought goes into toast. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And this is what this well, is you're the meaningless speaking, moment. You're speaking to the, you're speaking to the toast master. Okay. Oh. Right. <laughs> I didn't know. This. Not really. Not really. But like I. I don't really care about the, like, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a snob about the bread. You give me wonder bread, give me whatever. Toast is made of bread, man. No, it's I all know. about the bread. Yeah, but you toast it because it's not good bread. Like you can make a good, no. you can make a bad piece of bread good if you toast it, I think. And, and sure. Do you know what I mean? Sure. Like, like whatever bullshit wonder bread you have, sometimes wonder bread is like good. Texas toast, you know, that like thick cut that wonder thick, bread shit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I grew up on that stuff. I would put... So this is what I, my, so, okay. So this is what my mind would be. You are waking up in the morning <laughs> and Brie has made you toast. Yeah. What are you sitting down? Well, to? she, well, I don't eat toast anymore. Like I, it's very rare that I would ever have it now, but like what my ideal toast would be, would so, be two slices of bread hmm? toasted, obviously probably like kind of bread. Um, I'm seeing that Texas toast, like that white Texas toast bread, which I would never normally buy, but this is the idea, the perfect one. So, you know, let's just go for it. Yeah. I would get peanut butter and then jelly on top. Well, they're jam or strawberry jam or something. Does butter go under the peanut butter? God, no. No. That's, that's an abomination. I don't understand. Like, I don't get that. I don't get the, I don't get the butter and the peanut butter. It's so gross. And like that's, I remember one time my dad made me lunch and it was a peanut butter sandwich and he put the butter and the peanut butter. And I remember eating it. And I was like, what the fuck did you put on this? And he's like, butter. I'm like, why would you put butter? He's like, it's peanut butter. I'm like, what are you talking about? Now I have butter, butter, peanut. <laughs> yeah. I was like, that's not peanut. Peanut butter is what you call peanut butter. Right. There is already butter built into the word peanut butter. Seriously. I don't know. Now see me. Yeah. If I'm going to have a toast, sure. toast of peanut butter, and as you know, peanut butter is for assholes as far as I'm oh. concerned, along with ketchup. Um, <laughs> it, it, peanut butter doesn't have a place in the world. But if I'm going to have <laughs> peanut butter on toast, if somebody's going to force feed it to me, there better be some butter underneath it. Oh, my God. Yeah, man. Come on. Something's got to mellow out the taste of the peanut butter. Oh. Yeah. Oh, it's just so like, 
the texture of it is what just gets me. It's just level like, I love of, butter. Level of toastiness. Are we talking brown? It's, Are we talking just a light toast? No, I like like medium. Okay. I feel like if it's too hard, toast. yeah, like it's, if it's too hard, it's pretty much just a cracker. Yep. You know what I mean? Like I like it like, I like there's a little bit of texture, like squishy texture in the middle, mm. you know, yep. but you know, that's, that's a very, that's a, that's a very highly contested debate. I'm going to make a suggestion for next week's podcast. Sure. Now, by the way, uh, we got to get back to doing this every week. I know. Okay. So next week, uh, we're going to go into the kitchen here at, uh, at, at at the Black Sheep Radio Studios, and I have a four-slice toaster. So, and the heat is adjustable on either side. Yeah. And we are going to have a toast off. Oh, friend. yeah. And I am going to make better toast than you do, because your toast sucks. Oh, well, no, I, I love you. So. I love you dearly, and I think <laughs> you're a great guy, but your toast sucks. What do you put on it? First of all, Texas, what? White bread? Jesus. It's a bag of flour. You gotta but it's have, delicious, gotta though. have good light rye toast, thin sliced. Yeah, right. What do you put liver on it or some shit? No, <laughs> is that where we're going with this? <laughs> good light, thin, and then I'm going to introduce you to something you've probably never eaten in your life. You got to have the a the, light toast, a, like barely a, me, a medium toast in the rye bread. Nice butter over top, and then we're going to add the magic ingredient, my friend. Oh God. I'm so terrified. We're going to hold off. Oh. You will probably be trying the magic ingredient for the first time ever in your life next oh. week. Do you have any guesses? Um, no, I, I, I'm terrified to guess. Um, yeah, things I like on my Is it toast. like a normal thing? Like, is it, is it like something that Depends I could Depends on where guess? you are in the world. In certain places in the world, it is, it, you, you got to have it on your toast <laughs> or you're not eating toast. Oh man, that's a, that's, I have no I idea. I have a couple of de facto's. I like A1 toast. Oh my God. You put some butter and a little bit of A1 or Heinz 57, <laughs> oh, even Jesus. better, on toast. And I, ooh, yeah, you're on top of the world. There's, there's, there's a, there's a breath. Do you, do you brush your teeth it's after? Like in the middle of the times? night, I got up last night. <laughs> A1 toast. A1 toast. Just off the board. Oh, <laughs> like, that's not a toast. Last that's not night, toast. I got up. I you had, just made that up. I had I, I had toast. Did the butter. No, no, no butter. A little bit of cream cheese and a little bit of pomegranate jam over top of the cream cheese. Oh, see. See, I yeah, see, that's good. And shit with the toast. See, that's good. Yeah. That, that's, I'm, I'm down with that. I'm down with that. My family will not be around me, by the way, when I'm eating toast with the secret ingredient. Oh, I, I just want you oh to know God. that. I can't handle eating shit that disgusts me. So, like, if we, oh. like, like if it, I, I'm really bad with that stuff, we'll put it on Facebook Live or whatever. That'll be great. It'll be great content we'll be on for Facebook, sure. Yes, and we're going to have a toast <laughs> off. I will try your toast. I'll try your peanut but butter and jam But this is the thing toast. is, it's like, I, I'm giving you, like, the perfect the perfectly toasted recipe and and you're giving me the fear factor special. Oh, no, no you're, you're, <laughs> you're giving me Joe Smith's toast. Joe, no, it's not. I am giving you, you I'm giving you I'm giving you a master chef's toast. Oh, I am gosh. telling you. Well, you got to eat it so that I'm I can tell that you're not lying and you're just not fucking making it up oh, and no. just see me eat fucking Dude, I'm bringing Shadok a- water on toast. I'm bring- <laughs> <laughs> Some people might prefer it to the secret ingredient, but I'm telling you, I'll eat a whole loaf. Oh, my God. I am not kidding. The greatest thing on toast ever. You will will see it, you will feel it, and you will 
experience it through Chris on next week's Black Sheep Radio. Oh. What did you learn this week? You know what? I, I this is uh, I I learned I didn't know that you liked driving so much. I love driving. Yeah, I do. Uh, Amanda and I, we, she she loves being a passenger. Mm. She just loves just looking around her. I, there's something about being behind uh, behind a wheel, and it's not a control thing. I'm not a bad passenger. I don't mind being a passenger. I just really enjoy the experience of driving. Mm. It's true. Cool. Yeah, I didn't know that. I don't like driving. I don't really no way. No, I, I do. It. I love it. I hate it. I'd rather take the train. Really? Yeah, so yeah, much no, more. Yeah, there's something about it. I, I don't know what it is. I just, <laughs> I get locked into it, and I, there's, I don't know, there's just something about the experience. I love driving. See, you're not alone in that. I know that for a fact. Oh. No. Yeah, that's cool. I mean, you know, not race car driving yeah. or like just any cruising. of that kind of stuff. I, I love cruising. Yeah, cool. Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I vastly prefer a drive down a country road, middle of the night, or the sun setting, or a hot summer day, or whatever. But yeah, casual, just easy at my own pace driving. Mm. I do. Cool. Um, what did you learn today? The importance of a second career. Mm. And I'd better hurry the fuck up. <laughs> Otherwise, I am going to be doing breakup letters with Mark McGrath. <laughs> <laughs> what did I put there? I'm sad for Mark. <laughs> that was just horrible. I think Mark McGrath is sad for Mark McGrath. I think he should be, man. So let's uh, let's wrap up an episode and and get you on your way because I got to get on that couch and I got to watch me some more cameo. Sweet. That is just that's so wrong. So good. So wrong. Secret right. ingredient: toast. Oh. Next week. I can't wait. I can see it on your face. <laughs> This has been another episode of Black Sheep Radio with Ben McVie and Chris Brown. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to follow, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.